Welcome to the Cowgirl Code, the podcast about how to get unshakable confidence in the face of any audacious obstacle. You're the cavalry that's going to save you. I'm your host, Lori Morgan. I decided New Year's Day of 2023 to do this podcast. And now here we are. I'm actually doing a podcast. Wow. It's kind of thrilling, kind of terrifying. Um, I'm learning as I go, but I'm holding my feet to the fire because of what this podcast is all about, the Cowgirl Code. Uh, And I will explain that to you as I go on here. But I had this podcast idea brewing inside of me in 2022 because of how much I learned about myself and about inner strength and leadership ability. And I thought it would help other people too. So let me tell you how the Cowgirl Code actually came to be. I'll give you a little background here. So it all started with the death of a horse. On March the 3rd, 2022, Scott, who's my partner in crime, his horse died unexpectedly. He is only 15 and his name was Solitude. We called him Tood. And Tood was gorgeous. He was a stunning black Frisian mix with this long, thick, flowing tail and mane. I mean, beautiful. And we have five horses, and they're all beautiful in their own way. But Tood was the supermodel of the herd. He was gorgeous. And his personality was more friendly, like a dog. He was friendly and cuddly and curious. But he was the undisputed herd leader of the horses, and they knew it. So when he died, his death caused a domino effect that forced everybody to kind of change in their positions. Um, My horse is named Han Solo. Yes, I am a Star Wars fan. And Han is a gray, beautiful horse also. But Han's not a leader. He's a follower. And he's pretty insecure. He's slow to trust. And he really just has no interest in being in charge. And that's okay. That's fine. But when Tood was gone, I needed to be Han's leader. He needed to feel secure with me, that I would make the decisions. Well, I failed at that. I I failed miserably, I might add. And it all culminated into me being bucked off of Han and to getting a serious case of PTSD around horses. I still thought they were beautiful, but I didn't want to touch them. I didn't want to be near them. I certainly never wanted to ride them again. So our choice was either get Han trained or sell him. I decided let's give him a chance and give me a chance. And so we found a really great trainer around here who's intuitive and also strict and just really good. His name is Agapito. And Agapito lives about 22 miles from me. So he agreed to take Han on. And that's when the journey started for me too. I also had to cowgirl up and be that leader that I was talking about. So we sent Han off to Agapito's, but I had to also show up. I had to be there at the training too, because it's a partnership, right? So this lasted for seven months. It was only supposed to be three months, but there were a few setbacks along the way and that happens. So we ended up leaving Han there and getting trained for seven months. And every lesson was about three hours long at least. And it was five days a week. And I would get up before the crack of dawn every single day and drive out 
to Agapito and watch him work con. So the first month I watched him work con and he would ride him and he went through everything as if he were a, a totally unbroke horse that he had never been ridden before. And that was great because I could just sit back behind the fence and just watch him ride Han. But then I knew that wasn't going to stay that way. And the day that I dreaded happened and I was going to have to get comfortable riding again. And it was really terrifying because it, I can't even explain to you the physical symptoms of uh, maybe you've had something like that happen to you before as well, you know, where you're just... It's just you're in a frozen, paralyzed panic attack. That's how it was when I thought about getting on this horse or any horse, not just him. I don't want to be on any horse. So this particular day that I dreaded happened and Agapito said, hey, come here in the middle of the arena. And he had Han all saddled up. He had been riding him. He's like, I want you to put your foot in the stirrup and pull yourself up. Oh, my God. You would have thought he asked me to cut my hand off. It was so scary. I started hyperventilating. I was walking in circles with my head down like a lunatic, crying, and I couldn't breathe. It was uh, it was a panic attack. And so Agapito, to his credit, he just stood there holding Han with the lead rope. And Han just stood there like, okay, whatever. And I knew I wasn't going to get out of this. I was going to have to get through my fears. So I had to dig really deep. And it was deep because I was terrified. And I took a deep breath, put my foot in the stirrup, grabbed the horn, and pulled myself up to a standing position. And then he said, okay, hold it for three seconds. The longest three seconds of my life. Oh, my God. So I did. And then I couldn't wait to get down. I was so excited to touch ground again. And then he made me do it again, but this time for five seconds and then for 10 seconds. And each time my heart is like in my throat. And um, Han was a good boy. He stood there and nothing happened to me. I survived. I finally, you know, got off, finished the lesson and drove home, kind of shaking and kind of also realizing holy shit, I'm going to have to do this again tomorrow. <laughs> and um, I was right <laughs> the next day when I went back to the next lesson. Yep, he had me do it again. But this time I had to stand up even longer, like five seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. And it seemed like an eternity. It really did. Then the next day, it continued. I mean, it wasn't like going to happen overnight. And I respect that about Agapito. He really didn't, he pushed me, but he didn't push me beyond my limits. So I could actually make little micro progressions. So then on this next day, he had me doing these stirrup stands and now I was getting used to standing up in the stirrup and it was like, okay, cool. Then he'd have me lay across Han's back on the saddle, but still just on one side of the horse. And I knew I'm not going to be able to ride a horse like this with one foot in the stirrup on his side. Eventually, I'm going to have to get on him. And this day, he asked me to swing my leg over and um, be on Han's back. So immediately, that PTSD started kicking in again. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be on a horse. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. But I did it. I did it. And it was not quite as intense this time. And um, Agapito 
started walking Han around the arena. Like I was like a little kid at a birthday party on a horse. It was <laughs> on a pony. It was so silly, but it was um, like the only thing I could handle. I couldn't handle riding it by myself at that stage. And it was actually the first time in months that I felt pleasure again at being on a horse's back. It was like, wow, I remember why I really liked this. So eventually it got to where Agapito was not holding the rope anymore, where I was actually holding the reins and I was steering him and taking him in circles and trotting even around the arena. Now, this took weeks, mind you. It didn't happen overnight. None of it did. None of it did. But before I knew it, I was going out and riding around his ranch. And then he and I were riding on trails and um, I just, I got more comfortable with it. So the point is, change sucks. Change is scary. And evolution is difficult. But over time, I was able to wrangle in all that fear that I had. And it worked out pretty good. <laughs> yes, I learned a lot about horses and riding. But more importantly, I learned how to face my fears. I learned how to manage my energy and I discovered how to stay calm in any situation that's tense. And that's a really valuable skill when you're around horses. But not only that, it's a really valuable skill in life because a calm mind gets shit done. So I figured other people might benefit too, right? Because it's not about horses. It's about how you show up in the world. It's about the process. So I'm going to be sharing some of the insights I discovered about just being more confident in general. And I'm going to have guests on the podcast too. Yay. They don't have to have horses. They don't have to be cowgirls. They don't have to be cowboys. They just have to have that cowpoke energy. And what I mean by that is sort of what I've come to define the cowgirl code as. So the cowgirl is not somebody who just like herds cattle or rides a horse necessarily. I mean, I don't herd cattle and I don't ride a horse all the time, but it's, it's up to her to handle things in her life. That's what a cowgirl is. Somebody who puts her big girl pants on. She doesn't whine. There's no like ew factor about, oh, it's horse poop or I had to step on a, a, a cockroach or, you know, you get over that stuff. There's no hand wringing. Like, how am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? Sure, there's going to be fear. Absolutely. But she saddles up anyway because a cowgirl is a resilient woman who gets shit done in a practical way. So these are the five principles that I came up with about what the cowgirl code means to me and what I'm going to be covering over time on these um, episodes. The so number one, saddle your own horse. So what I mean by that is you take charge of your decisions. You stand behind them and you saddle your own horse. Number two, rein in your fears. Fear keeps you alive, but it, it'll control you if you're not if you don't pay attention and you're not really living. There's a quote by the guy who wrote James Bond, Ian Fleming, that says, quote, I shall not waste my days trying to prolong them, unquote. And I love that. Enjoy your life. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear control it. Number three, get back on if you fall. I mean, hey, it took me a while, but I did get back up. The thing to remember is there's always a silver lining, even to the worst circumstances, like always. Four, recharge your cowgirl spirit. 
In other words, you've got to be fiercely protective of your energy. Your energy is what keeps you going and it's the fuel for anything that you do. Number five, give others a leg up. Be a good person. In other words, you know, have values, have ethics, and just be the best person you can be. So what the Cowgirl Code has to do with you is basically your mind is a powerful tool. It's the most powerful tool that we have. And taking charge of that is puts you back in control. And it doesn't matter what kind of challenges you've faced in the past. Yeah, you're going to feel fear. You just have to push through it. So horses were the path to the cowgirl code for me. I, they're graceful and they're strong, but their sensitivity is what woke up my inner strength. See, horses have like a heightened awareness of their world in order to survive. Like they're always watching you. They're always listening. And they're like a mirror to whatever's in close proximity to them. They can hear a heartbeat from four feet away. They're like a giant biofeedback machine. So they feel the slightest emotional change in you. Even if you don't even acknowledge it yourself, they know, they know. So it's important to know how to bring your energy to like a calm zero when you're around them. Through practice, I was able to bring that calm zero state to the stress of my work. So my anxiety, my fears, all of that, I was able to just put those new skills into that and diffuse this, the fear, all the ickies. And slowly I became an observer of what was going on around me so I could be more efficient. The cowgirl code is about focusing on what's positive in your life. Forget that what if anxiety, just live in the now because that's what you have control over. You don't have control over the past. You don't have control over the future. We are present beings. And when you embrace your inner cowgirl, all the rest of that BS just falls away. Now, it took me time and it might take you time. It probably will. I probably will forget a lot of these things as well and have to recall them again. But change can't happen if you're not willing. It can happen in an instant if you're ready. So once you make the decision to be the confident leader of your life, you will be. You can do hard things. So that's it for this episode of The Cowgirl Code with Lori Morgan. Please like, subscribe, comment, wherever it is that you're listening, and I'll see you next time. 